Hello, everyone. This is the Press Play Lifestyle Inspired Podcast. It does interviews with lovely people like Miss Sandra here on topics to help our listeners, that's you, find the resources, tools, and support that they need to be their best inspired self. So hi, Miss Sandra. How are you today? Hi, Jackie. How are you? I'm great. I am great. And how are you? I'm, I'm good. I've had a nice, my husband took me out to lunch today. So it was, yeah, I know. It was like all spur of the moment. It was really good too. Like, oh, did you tell him that Valentine's is next week? Oh, he always forgets. We have four oh. kids. You know, remember Valentine's Day. <laughs> tell him, you know, you'll have to give him hints that he can do it again next week too. That's a good, that's a good idea. Hmm. You're smart. I got to keep up with you. <laughs> Let's keep together. We have to keep together. You have good okay. ideas. So um, I met Miss Sandra, Sandra Lynch. I met her on a group called Boss Moms. And that's a frequent response for me, actually, for quite a few of my guests. And it's a great community where um, all women that are in business, side hustling, full-time hustling, entrepreneurs, right? Getting out there and putting their stamp in the world. And um, I just really, really, first of all, you're a lot of fun, Sandra. And That's second, um, I like your business name so much. It's the Online Business Concierge, right? Yes, it is. Uh, could uh, you tell us a little bit about like yourself and what that is? Okay. Now, that's interesting because I am online uh, and I'm about business, but I'm also a go-to person. You know, when you go into a hotel, the concierge, what is it? you do or how do you go about there well number one I'm a seasoned professional bookkeeper and then a serial entrepreneur so let's see I have 40 no 50 plus years of being a serial entrepreneur so from a time when I was seven years old up to okay now <laughs> I've been some kind of an entrepreneur or as we call it a hustlepreneur and so I've learned the hard way, a lot of neat things. Um, and then as a professional bookkeeper, I've been a professional bookkeeper for 20 years. And, I, I, and it's not a bad thing. I like it because I work with a variety of business owners in a different industries. And I found out there were so many things from that. Also, with, uh, I'm also a business plan writer. I help people write business plans. And business plans come in a variety of um, formats. There's the one where you need one if you're going for funding and you're not the conventional one. There's one that you need if you are, um, uh, let's see, um, turnkey. Those turnkey business like multi-level marketers or direct sellers because those are kind of easy to fix. But you also need to put in what we call the um, strength, weakness, opportunity, the SWAT. Yep, the SWAT. So that you can show how your business is different or how you fit into that business. What is your SWAT is the strength and weakness of the internal where opportunity and threat is the exterior. And so that way... Um, anyone reviewing it because most people need the business plan if they're being audited or reviewed by the IRS to see if it's a hobby or a business and you want to be able to establish that. I work with a gentleman who does, um, he writes a book for home-based businesses to understand the tax breaks. So like I said, a concierge, when you go to them and ask, do you know, 
Um, you say yes. <laughs> I, I can help usually. Yes, that and Google help them give them a list because some people are not familiar with how to do Google. Mm -hmm. And also the Google in their area may be a little different than the Google in my area. And I've usually in business, there's someone usually I come across another resource I love to use is Fiverr, F I V E R R.com. Oh my goodness. Uh, I was surprised to see how many people I've engaged around the world. Yeah. I love Fiverr. So then they'll ask, well, who's your, who's the one you do? But that way I, I can empower business owners. But what I really want them to do is understand their numbers. Yeah. And like you were mentioning that before when we were preparing for the interview and you gave a really great example of a young, a, a man that bought a dog, a really expensive dog. Would you mind sharing that with us? Cause I thought it was a yeah. great example. It was really interesting. I'm not really a dog fan or animal fan because one dog one dog peed on my foot and I just didn't like that <laughs> but you know this one was a ugly looking cute <laughs> dog it was you know it was like one of these it was about this tall you know not too tall and and he said he paid like ten thousand dollars for this dog and he's into breeding these dogs and I said, well, how much does it cost? And I forgot, you know, I forgot to tell him, but he's going to be connected with me. What's interesting about him is that um, he says they get 3300 for breeding when he goes to breed these do other dogs. And, and what I forgot to tell him, I met this one gentleman who um, used to breed horses. You know, when they breed horses, they actually make those guys like um, they put them in each one of the animals was like a corporation oh for every so he, right cost it and and they sell the semen for like tens of thousands per gallon oh my god and so if you're going to do a dog you want to kind of protect it so you can also cost code with that that animal's going to cost you over the period so you can make certain you're making good money and the funny part was he said you know he's making good money doing this and he's and I thought, wow, I'm really proud of you. And I said, what are you doing with your money? And he says, oh, I'm going to buy uh, investment property. And go, whoa. I mean, this is a young man in his early 20s, mid-20s or something like that. And I think, wow, you're smart, really good. I said, how are you doing with your numbers? Oh, I have somebody maybe balance my checkbook. And I said, are you for real? Are you for real? That's all. I said, how do you know what you're reading? I said, that's what he says. Okay, tell me why. I said, well, number one, you've got to know if the number's in the right place. You really do. And he says, I'm interested. I'm interested. And so that's what I'm about, helping people understand their numbers. Other people that I've worked with, what's really interesting is in, um, I help them identify what break-even point. Now, as in writing business plans, Break-even point is usually done, okay, you're going to invest $100,000 or break-even point for all of this is going to be when you sell so many units or whatever, what's going on. And that's, it's kind of snuck in the financial section. I say snuck because it's just a small part of the financials. Now, I'm going to, this part I didn't share with you earlier, but I believe there's a God, 
And there's a reason sometimes we go through some crazy things in life. And I ended up going into prison almost, it was four years ago, I think it was, oh. in 2017. I happened to be a bookkeeper. I wasn't even the bookkeeper. I was a QuickBooks trainer at this company that, according to the government, was doing tax returns illegally. Now, I was only at this facility for six weeks or less, working mostly from my home. Oh my goodness. The government said I should have known. It's one of those should have, could have, but I didn't. And I fought it. I fought the allegations. But while I was in the, you know, I fought it. I even took it to trial. And because I took it to trial, when I was found not guilty on the one charge, the one charge called aiding and abetting. So anybody ever get associated with anything, be careful of aiding and abetting because that's a sneaky little thing. Um, I got charged with aiding and abetting. And um, what's really weird is the people that I was training didn't even get charged with anything. That was, that was a sad thing. Yeah. I was training. I was working with the office staff on teaching them QuickBooks, but they, they didn't get charged. But anyhow, what God says that, you know, he'll not put us anything that we we can't bear it'll make a way for us escape and so i had to get an attitude adjustment after i got in there i was in there for eight months and then 17 weeks at a half halfway house but while i was there i got to teach i got to teach business plan writing and i also did financials and while i was in there i number one we didn't have any books so i had to use get the um the educator to provide some copying for me. And then I had my friends send books into me that I knew that I could put the coursework together. So I wrote the curriculum. And while I was in there, I taught this course on financials and I just took it so they could understand what break even point was. And that was the most interesting class because the students were provided feedback and they really took the time. And I say students, we had ages from youngsters that were 20 up to people that were 70 years of age that are in prison, okay? Some of them had education, some of them didn't. But what happened, um, one lady who actually was in the class, she said, do you mean to tell me if I only had three more parties? I would have broken even just by identifying what her variable costs were, identifying what her fixed costs were, and, and we looked at what the average price was per unit for the parties. And then what she wanted, she was able to calculate how many parties she needed every month in order to break even. Now, you've got to understand what break even point is. And what they what I tell people it's when the revenue that's your money coming in your sales equals what you're spending your expenditures your fixed cost and it equals zero that's where they meet zero so that I, I go over that all the time all the time but what's interesting in identifying what break even is when I teach the class, I also not only talk about units, I also talk about break-even sales dollars. Now, break-even sales dollars that means how much money is going to be in your bank account as a result of that units being realized. 
So if you're selling something for $10 and you need to sell 120 units, that's going to be, uh, see, 120 and that's going to be $1,200, right? That's going to be in your bank account. So if it's $100, that's going to be $12,000. So I've worked these numbers with people. And then we go and talk about, I uh, have a little program that I wrote to help people calculate this part out real quick. And they see there's $12,000 of revenue or income, it's revenue, in their bank account. And they think they can go shopping <laughs> based off of that. And, and I always like to bring that point up. Look at the money that would be in your bank account. Yes, I did it, I did it. And I said, well, you're excited. I said, here's where it says that you're, you only made a profit, a profit, the money left over after all your expenses is $1. Because, of your price. Said, yeah, 12,000. I said, what is break even? Break even is where revenue hits expenses. And I said, what does it equal? Zero. I said, the reason why you may have that $1 left over is because you only needed to sell like uh, 11999 right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's 0.99 or 97. And that's what the problem, that's what the challenge is. And when they, they sit there and they think about it and their lights, I, and they go, that's where I've gone wrong. I said, because what has happened when we take it step by step, you're learning that what your cost for each item is being paid for as you go through, and then it comes to fixed costs. So then from that one class or class, I went ahead and wrote an infogram that shows the money route to profit. Because when money comes in or the sales, automatically it has a pit stop at cost of goods sold, right? And then, so the, the money has now called revenue, stop a good, and then there's money left over, is next pit stop is overhead or your fixed cost. And it's only once fixed cost is settled for that period of time, can you say there's profit? And then, if not, you've got to keep going back around and do the sales. And so I made an infogra infogram of that. I had good, again, going to Fiverr. <laughs> I had a, a, an expert out there that was an artist, and he put it together. It looks so good. So my goal now is to have it converted. Have a, I have it as a poster, but I'm wanting to put it as a mouse pad. Oh, fun. Yeah, it that's It is fun. a mouse pad. And then my goal is to try to get bankers to have their logo on the mouse pad and then make it available to the bookkeepers and business people in that area. And I have it so that they can even put their business card in it. So those oh, are some of the things. Too. That's so cool. Yeah. Isn't that cool? I think, but you have another thing that you already finished though, right? So I, when I went onto your website, yes. there's yes. this really handy little calculator. Could you tell us a little bit about that tool and why it's important? Yes. It's number one. It's, for me, it's an online business concierge. And when you go on it, it says it's the secret sauce because I feel it's the secret sauce. Because if you want to know where you're going to achieve your goals, you need to know what your target looks like. Are you wanting, you know, I see people do um, smart goals 
and they say, oh, I want to generate $20,000 a month. Oh, that's good. What are you going to be able to do with it? Is it making your paycheck? Yeah. And so anyhow, my little smart calculator out there allows you to put the name of the project or the product, your name, and then you put in your fixed cost, your variable cost. Your variable costs are the first things. And the variable costs are those items directly associated with the production and the sale of your product. Now, my little calculator that I teach people how to use in the course I teach them how to use is to allocate also for the cost for credit cards. Oh, nice. So like that 2.3% or whatever. Where did you find something for 2.3 plus 30 cents or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, like, I think PayPal right now is 2.9 plus 30 it depends on, I think it depends on your volume. So you want to make certain that you put, I would tell people it's better to go up a little higher than a little lower. Yeah. Put that percentage in there. If you have an affiliate campaign, you want to put certain commissions in it. And I have a little calculator that helps you sit, whether it's a percentage or a flat rate. Because each sale that you have, that's a cost associated with the sale of that product. Now, if you're including shipping and handling, you want to include that price in there as well. So, um, so let's, Ms. Sandra, so would, would that calculator be useful for both um, tangible goods as well as services? By all means. Okay. Because services also have a cost. Um, if you have, for instance, I'm having a collar workshop, a collar accounting workshop. It's a live event that's here in Southern California. And what's interesting about that, when I'm doing the calculating of my costs, I have, I have an, a, um, an affiliate campaign going. So I have to factor that in. I have the cost for the uh, event rights price per unit. Mm -hmm. I'm also providing um, the meal and the snacks because it's an all day workshop. So I've got to factor that in. So if I can break even, I, I want to know that. So yes, that's a very, you know, um, service that's that I need to make certain I'm not going underwater with. Do you include when you're doing that estimate for like a service, are people also including their time? Like, is there an hourly rate that you equate or do you recommend not doing that? You know, I know this sounds strange, but if you're, I would say yes, because you're valuable. Um, oh, if you're you. paying, I think so. Yes, you are. But if you're paying somebody, yes. For sure, yeah. Aren't you somebody? Yeah, body. That's true. That's true. Fair enough. And so I, I believe you can allocate. And, and now if you're on an evergreen and it is a recorded, then what you want to do is put make certain that you're part of the fixed cost because that's part of identifying break even. So make certain. And one thing I love doing in this is helping people write out their dream paycheck. Yeah. And I think and that gonna, is, is it true though? I think you've alluded to it before. Often people think when they say, you're like, well, what do you want to, like, how much do you want to make? And someone say, I want to make $20,000 a month. But they, but they really mean they want to sell $20,000 worth of things and they don't really think about, no, they actually wanted $20,000 left over, right? After the fixed cost and all of it. Is that what you're kind of mean? Running into people I, not I, understanding the number kind of? 
Uh, yes, yes, because my question is, that's why I like to ask more questions. Is that gross revenue? Is that the money coming in? And then with the next question is, what are you going to do with it? And um, people want to take their profit out of, they want to take their paycheck out of profit. And what I like people to know is that if you're a corporation and you're getting a paycheck out of your corporation, whether you're big or small, depending on how you're being uh, set up, your, your, in a, your business is set up, the corporation, you can definitely, you most definitely need to put in your salary. But there's also a cost for your salary. Now, if you're planning on doing a draw, a draw is for sole proprietors where you're taking the money out. You need to allocate, figure out what it's going to cost you on the back end when you go to pay taxes. Now, if people are taking their, pay, their money out of the revenue that comes in before they get the break even, it's still, there's still some problems. And that's why my goal is to help business owners to reverse the trend of business failure so that business owners don't leave it to a bookkeeper, a CPA, to give them their numbers. I want them to understand where the money's coming from and where it's going and why. Because if you learn to use your business financial reports for better, you'll have better, you'll be able to make better decisions. Stop and think about that. Yeah, you'll be able to have better results, right? Yeah. You'll be able to have more communication. So if you're sitting down to a banker and you say, I need uh, a line of credit for such and such, and this is what's going to happen. And you hand them your financial reports and you can say, well, we're going to put this much money for marketing. We're going to put this much money for that. Or you can even ask investors or bankers, what is your criteria for lending money or investing. Mm -hmm. So you'll have greater communication and greater engagement and you don't have to pay somebody $150 an hour to come in and do the talking for you because why you know your numbers. If you notice Shark Tank, I love it's Shark Tank. It's like the Tank. first thing they ask. Like they get really worked up if you don't know like your basic per unit and what's your margin. Right. Yeah, what's well, your EBITDA and all of that kind of stuff. Right? Yeah, it, it, the, uh, um, let's see, the before taxes. Yes, yes. And, and, and then you, you need to know how to do all of it. Not know how to do it, but understand what it says and where the numbers are coming from. Start asking questions. You can talk intelligently to bookkeepers. Know how to hire bookkeepers because not all CPAs know. See, I like to think, a CPA is like the general of an army, you know, yeah. where your bookkeeper is your front man inf infantry person. Yeah, they're the front lines. They know what's really going on, right? Right. right. Yeah. So a lot of people say, well, I'll just turn it over to my CPA. Well, your CPA is going to usually, usually, will turn it over to the bookkeeper to handle. Yeah, yeah. I, it's funny. I have, um, we have a, a CPA that does our taxes. But then there's like stuff throughout the year, like quarterly returns, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I never ever hear from her except for once a year for planning. It's usually her staff. She's like a whole right. large staff. But I think like you and I were briefly discussing earlier, 
the most important thing in business in your in your perspective is numbers but in, in general you shouldn't really delegate something you don't understand that is so true that is so true because how are you going to interview a bookkeeper um how you know do you know quickbooks or what software do you use and you go oh it's up to you and that's not a smart way to go. Oh, I, we, you know what? Also, Jackie, we didn't finish with that, that little quiz is that they can yeah, take. Sure. A so like calculator. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. That's okay. Because I chat a lot. So they get their very, they put their fixed costs in and then, um, then they also put in the, what they're going to sell that product for. And when they push the button, it'll generate the report automatically calculate what their break even point is in units their contribution margin. The contribution margin is a term that a lot of people um, that I have problems with, with some people, they, they say, well, that's, that's the um, net profit, you know, and, or the gross profit. It's the gross profit. And I said, you know what? It's called contribution margin because it's contributing, contributing, it's contributing to your fixed overhead, your fixed cost. And then after that, then you have your net profit. So let's call it contribution margin. And you can Google contribution margin. You see that it's referred to as gross profit. But here's the cute thing. I listen to things on Facebook and people often say, well, it's a profit. They forget to put the gross profit in there. And that's why people think profit is profit. Oh, I just pay for the, the cost of the goods and that goes from that. So that's why I, I'm wanting to educate. Remember I said I want to reverse the trend of business value by helping people understand certain words, understanding its role in their business. Because if you are the business owner, you're setting your prices. And this is going back to what we, we just talked about, an understanding your prices and what's involved in it and then doing this little calculator and being able to come up with your numbers you can say well it took me more time to generate that and you then you can see your value as a business owner you know i have a friend that makes the best hibiscus tea oh she's from uh honduras and oh. she puts ginger in it oh she takes a hibiscus fly oh it's so good i said girl you got to take this and make this and sell it it's so good and i'm ready with the calculator so she can do the calculations to make sure because you know she could uh if it's bottled properly and natural with uh, you know because she uses the right kind of uh, sweetener or sugar in it she could have a sucker in vending machines can you imagine that Oh, I like tea. I'm a tea drinker, so I would be happy. Oh, oh, girl, if I could ship that to you, I'm serious. We, I've actually taken her. Remember, I told you I, I find people to help. That well, I took her to a, a company that can help her package it. Oh, nice. Yes, it's up in Burbank. And oh, it's just she doesn't believe enough in herself to do it. Yeah, I, so, find, I find that a lot, too. Um, and I think it's. It's well, that's one of the trends I'm trying to break is that women not seeing the value that they have in the world. And so, um, and my, my work as a uh, success coach, I work on helping successful women and moms 
find work-life balance. Um, there isn't a balance. It's really an integration, but, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but everyone searches that word on the internet. Um, mm -hmm. the women are amazing. They're, they're full of so much power and creativity and love and compassion. And they're the only ones that don't know. <laughs> they're the only ones that don't know that about themselves. There's a, we've been told, or we, we, maybe our stories that we were told as children, um, you know, we're, we're the, the right hand for the man or whatever, mm -hmm. until we learn that, you know, we're really the one that's kind of powering them yeah. and stuff like that. But yes, we are very creative. You know, um, I, I didn't share this with you, but I, I think it was only on my website. My website is a work in progress. But I teach from 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. And do you realize that's the original home-based business model? No, that's neat. 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7 is the story of the widow woman whose husband had died and left her in debt. And the creditor was coming to take her two sons and enslave them. Mm. Settle that debt. Now, you and I as women can identify with that story. Mm -hmm. You know, the husband not being at the house. or And so she goes to Elijah, who's a prophet. Now, what I tell people is what I learned from that story. Number one, she had her why. Yeah. She wanted to save her children from slavery. Number two, she goes to Elijah, who's a business coach. Yeah. <laughs> In those seven verses, the man is a business coach. And I'm going to share with you how. First thing he does, he asks her, is what is it that you have? And her response is just like anybody coming to you for help. And they say, I want to be a business owner. And you say, what is it that you want to do? And they go, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And you say, well, what do you like to do? And they'll come up with two or three things. And it's, okay, Elijah heard the woman. And she says, well, I have nothing. Isn't that a response we've heard? And she goes, well, I have a little oil. And, and so Elisha tells her, with that, I call that self-inventory. What is it that you have? That's number three. And I said, in, in writing and doing this stuff, I said, God, why did she say she had nothing? And here's how you know it was a godly response. She'd been giving it away. Ooh, that hurt. That stepped on my toe really bad. Yeah. <laughs> so here's what Elijah does. He says, go borrow many vessels, not a few, but many. Now stop and think about that. That's today's crowdfunding method. Yeah, that's true. Crowdfunding. Then he says to her, Take those, then you go borrow many vessels, not a few, but many from your neighbors. Take them and then go into your house. Now look, listen to this, home-based business. Go into your house, close the door behind you, have your sons hand you those vessels and you fill it with the oil until there's no more. What's a home-based business? You do it at home and then- Put your kids to work. Put your kids to work, yep. <laughs> Did he not? Yeah. And did he not in that one verse give her a business plan? Yeah, he did. That's really interesting. I love that perspective. 
it was i mean in one sentence i do one page business plans which are great to help people strategically plan for the year what they're going to get done and it's a, a one page really good we cover the five areas in it that man did it in one verse well it was it was divine but it was still good and so so let's look what she had she had a hawaii she got a business coach she crowdfunded she got the community and her children involved she did self-inventory and she had a business plan right so the seventh verse the seventh thing is she has to be coachable because she did all of that she comes back to Elijah and says to her uh says to ask him now what am i going to do now he's here's where i come in that's kind of interesting he says you go sell it and you'll have sufficient to live off settle the debt and live off for the rest of your life she had to know her numbers. Yeah, yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, do I sell them all? Do I sell them for like twenty cents or four hundred dollars? Right. <laughs> and he said she had sufficient to live off for the rest of her life. So there's our first four hundred one k. Boop, boop, boop. Eight principles. I love it. Eight principles. <laughs> and then the other verse is um, Luke fourteen twenty eight. Who's going to first start building a tower? and doesn't calculate the whole cost unless he builds a foundation and his neighbor and he can't finish it anymore and then his neighbor say he didn't do a good job did he and that is still relevant today yeah that's amazing i love that that was like the elijah story is fantastic like i didn't i've heard the i've heard it before but certainly mm -hmm. not with that take and like mary Kay ash should have been telling the whole world that story <laughs> <laughs> That's her, that's her gig. That's amazing. Well, yeah. I, I've learned, I've learned a lot from you today and I've had a wonderful time. I wonder I if you can tell the listeners that if they're looking to understand break even or yes. put together a business plan, like how do they find Miss Sandra Lynch to help them out with that? Well, they can go to my website. Understand it's not totally finished yet, it but it's there. They, they can go and do, um, they can con connect at onlinebusinessconcierge.com. They can also find me on Facebook. I am on Facebook, Online Business Concierge. All Facebook, right. put it in there, all one. And hook up there. We're putting together a, a Facebook group for money power movement because money is powerful. Money is powerful, but you've got to know how to make it work for you. Oh, I love that. So when we publish your podcast, ma'am, we're going to have um, all those details in the description okay. as well so that people can easily uh, get to their online concierge and be able to find you without having to kind of look around. And if you're right. your Facebook groups ready, just send me an update. It's there. They can go there and get there because I'm putting, I'm doing a lot of work in that we're posting and posting and I want people to interact. I found out somebody to the other day that how she's getting people to engage and how they can do podcast or they'll do interviews and do the same. And so I think we're going to do the top 10 for the month and get people to engage as well. Just like you're doing. I think it's so great because we don't know the problems people are having and we lurk i'm a good lurker too but i've learned to start connecting and communicating with people on the social media and i want people to i want them to be successful 
I want them to become a good statistic. I want them to be successful, even if it's um, making pies or whatever. Uh, I want them to be successful. I want them to know their numbers. I, you know, I, I still can't get over this young man today that, you know, paid $10,000 for a dog. He's going to get $3,300 for the semen from that dog. You know, like I told you that one gentleman, he, uh, he taught about how to incorporate each uh, oh, animal. Yeah. yeah, the horses. And he was telling how much the um, horse breeder was getting per gallon for the semen. And the only thought that came to my mind is, he, he thought how it was, and I said, what, are you jealous? <laughs> yeah, right, like, like he's the, his output is impressive. <laughs> oh, you are too much fun, and I had such a great time. I would like to say thank you so much for taking time out of your busy concierge service to spend with us. And and I want to thank you. I want to thank you for this opportunity to share the story with other people. Absolutely. I hope people are not afraid of the story about me being in prison. Um, because out of that, you know, I didn't know that about you, but you know what? I, I think that people recognize, or, or at least I begin to see every master was once a mess and it yeah. is through their mess that they their really biggest, mean. hardest challenge that they find the gift that they're meant to share. Right. Yeah. If you didn't overcome yeah. that, if you didn't have that hurt, that such hurt, then how would you be so passionate about people understanding where their money is, right? Like it, you might have been good at it, but mm -hmm. would you be quite so passionate? No, and, and also I'm I'm more passionate because you do have this invisible label of being a felon. As a felon, you're supposed to report that to whoever you come involved with, mm. and. For me, walking through this path, there's a, a TED Talk that I want to work on in a couple of years, and it's called Being a Felon is a Bad Rap. Stop <laughs> and think about that. That's, a, that's, a, that's clever. It is very clever because once, according to the federal government, once you're labeled as a felon, you have to respond to that negatively. And people that are not affected by it usually become very protective and they're afraid of you well felons come in all variety we're not as you see i'm a 67 year old grandmother you know, you know you people were saying too when you were teaching that like you had young kids up to 70 year old people and yes like these young kids like how do kids get into trouble like that like this mostly yeah most of the kids were in drugs the ones yeah. that i the ones i met uh, my one friend that was there, and I met met new people there, and we became friends. Um, one lady that was in there, she was from Guam, a mother and a grandmother. She was like 32 years old. Her name, oh. I, I'll just, Mac. Yeah, her husband was involved with drugs, but because she rode along with him, she didn't That's do the right. drug and job, and got the money that he made. You know, he would bring the money home. She used it. They got her for, like I said, aiding and abetting. And it was really bad. And she had, I think, like five or six kids back in Guam. Her mother was taking care of them. And so, you know, we ha have friends. She's got to live with that for the rest of her life. She didn't do the drugs. She was, she was a, 
a Christian, she's a Christian and everything. And that didn't, it just, it was just really sad. But she had a sweet personality and everything like that. I love Mac. Mac was my buddy. Mac was the one that got me start walking. When I went into prison, I was 250 pounds when I came out because I refused to let the food destroy me. I came out 70 pounds lighter. So I'm the smallest now than I've ever been my entire life. So you turned your life into an amazing beacon of hope for people who just had something crappy happen to them, you know? Something crappy, but I refused. God said, you know, um, Joseph in Genesis, I love Joseph. Joseph's my great, 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 great grandfather. I'm telling you, because I love what he said. You know, he told his brothers when the brothers were coming in to, you know, make amends after their father had died. And, and Joseph knew their heart. He said, you know, you might have meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. He showed the love. He showed the love. And I, I say he's my great, 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 so many great grandfathers. Because if you stop and look at it, Joseph was the controller, the financial controller of Egypt. Stop and think about that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Not that I'm going to become the financial controller of any country. I'm just wanting to empower. You're going to go to heaven and be doing the books. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, 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 Jesus. You cannot do that today. No, 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 you no. You're not a break even yet, son. You must <laughs> what we're going to do is empower the people on this end. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. That's my goal. And that's my mission because I, I, my goal is to share that story with people. Um, so that they can see that it, there's nothing new under the sun. We, you know, when we look at crowdfunding, we think it's a 20, 30 year old industry and it's not. It's back then, back there in second Kings, which is the old oh, Testament. It started. Like, um, have you ever heard of Lisa Nichols? She's like, yes. yeah, she's just this light of hope and shining star that is super powerful and, and great at helping women see their light and, she, she said something very much too about, you know, your failure isn't the end. It's no. the beginning of the lesson that you were meant to learn. And it often becomes the thing that you give back Your with. Yep. Yeah. See, th that's what, what I'm also teaching people. Like I said, those people, there are so many uh, ent entrepreneurs that were in prison. They didn't know it because to survive in, um, in, on the inside, there's they were the underground where they the people were very creatively making very creative. by selling things. <laughs> they would make stuff. They would make stuff and they would sell it. And you know, we never saw any money while we were inside. It was bartering. Yeah. And I want to make certain those people come out that if they take that to the nth level, that they know how to understand their numbers. Yeah, my mom. So actually when I was a kid, so it was like, oh, real quick story. She was dating this man named Bill Bowden. Very, very, he was in um, prison for, it doesn't matter, for a long time. And he used to take rocks from the, from the yard, right? Mm -hmm. When you're out in the, in the common the yard, yep. mm -hmm. we could visit him outside and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, he took these rocks and he found it, he had a lot of time. So he polished these tiny little pebbles and he would mount them on felt because they wouldn't allow them to have certain sharp stuff. And he would make um, little mini uh, grandfather clocks, but that the top would come off. 
So they're covered with a rock, the whole clock. And then they would let him buy like the mechanic for, for the right at the end, right? So he could get all of it together. Beautiful, right? Beautiful stuff. Mm -hmm. And he made my mom like, we had like 10 of them around the house because it was something he could do. And I thought, oh my gosh, what a, like amazing skill he was an artist. Yeah. He used to draw with chalk and because he couldn't have other things, but he did white chalk on black felt beautiful beautiful art and I thought oh if you could just figure out how to monetize that you know you're much more comfortable <laughs> yes and and that's what happens you know and that's what I want to teach people so badly so they know their numbers that's all that's it well, you're already doing that aren't you you're like yes I am but I want more people I want to trend I want to reverse that trend of business faith I want to I'm having right now my biggest issue is finding people and saying the right words that they want to know their numbers because yeah. they're saying oh somebody else is going to do it see there's a difference between a bookkeeper a CPA and even a tax preparer there's some people that are just none preparer. of those things you're kind of like their um, financial advocate right Yes. Helping their money speak mm -hmm. for them in the right way. Right. Yeah. Right. So. And in giving them the power to speak, I want to give them the power to speak. All I am is a business profit coach. Yeah. That's not all a you are, but it's one of your. <laughs> well, that, you know, that's it. I want them to know their numbers. So, but Jackie, you were a pleasure to talk with as well. And I wish I could find that guy that did those clocks because you know he could so pretty oh ah oh, the talent that still with us he is like my mom my mom is ill and not doing real well but she's she's young my mom is only 60 what am i she's 63 okay and so bill would only be like 65 but bill's still where bill is he was in a in arizona there's a, a prison in arizona that he's in our uh, country has a prison in every state. It's so uh, sad. It's so, so sad. Yeah, and he, he went in and out and in and out, and it was a hard transition. But the amazing artist, just ama it was crazy. Like how someone could like take rocks and turn yes. them into these just... Remember, re so remember what I said, what is your self-inventory? Remember Second Kings, what is your self-inventory? Yeah, his is what rocks. <laughs> he yeah. killed it. He was awesome. It, can you imagine what his cost of goods sold to be like? It's just his time invested. Yeah. And the, the movements and the stuff like that, it would be reduced. And he would have one-of-a-kind art that he could actually probably go even higher because some of these artists, have they do murals and stuff they do. They'll get $1.5 million. You know, you can't have anybody duplicate your work. Yeah, yeah. That's, so, it's amazing. So I, I'm like, I've had so much fun and I'm so blessed and so thankful that you took time with me today. And I know we will keep in touch. And I, now I know where to send folks who are trying to get their business plan put together. Right. Oh, lovely. I love it. I love it. You awesome. know, um, and it depends, again, it depends what kind of business and what purpose, because there's more than one kind. For sure. For sure. And it, but if they want to know their numbers, oh yes, yes. You're if you're you're on you're on you're oh. for it. All right. I'm so ready. Everyone, for it. Um, this is my very good friend, Miss Sandra Lynch. She's yeah. at onlinebusinessconcierge.com. She has some great tools on her website, and you can also find her on Facebook. All of the information will be in the comments. And hey, if you need help, 
I think I think they know who they can come to, right? Yes. All right. Well, well thank you, Miss. The Anna. online the online business concierge. <laughs> I, know, I know. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye -bye. Thank you. Bye bye.